happy when it rains I'm only happy when it's complicated And though I know you can't appreciate it I'm only happy when it rains You know I love it when the news is bad And why it feels so good to feel so sad I'm only happy when it Happy when it rains I feel good when things are going wrong I only listen to the sad, sad songs I'm only happy when it Smile in the dark My only comfort is the night come back I didn't accidentally tell you that I'm only happy when it rains You get the message by the time I'm through When I complain about me and you I'm only happy when it rains
All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. What was that rocket? What rocket? I was just in my office and I heard a rocket. Describe the rocket, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? I'm in my prime. DJ Nillis back with you with another episode of Hordes of Chaos on the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast. Lots to get to today. I've got a lot of entertainment news all over the map. Some new trailer discussions, some new possible movie discussions, uh, music stuff, TV show stuff. It's all over the fucking map. Uh, Definitely got some new music to get to. Uh, In fact... I've got a double shot uh, Snipers of Babel. Two new tracks from them in this episode, so be ready for that. Uh, new stuff from Blacksmith Legacy, a band that so uh, appreciatively gave me a, a liner a way back uh, when they were uh, being promoted by uh, Vlad Promotions. Uh, so I'm, I listened to their new record. It's pretty good. Uh, I got some new Vomitron. Yes, they're back. Necropanther, Oath of Cruelty, uh, highly regarded by Jordan from um, Oxygen Destroyer. He's a big fan of him, so I t- took it upon myself to check him out. Uh, Rock Block got some new stuff in there. Um, also, I've got a Gary Newman track in there now. I had recently got a chance to watch a documentary on Gary Newman, and I'm going to get to that later because... There's a lot to unpack there and a lot that kind of mirrors some of my own life in general with just the personal personal part of it. So even though I have no look of talent. Um, anyway, uh, New Ragnarok, Blackmail, uh, Flesh Crawl, Revel in Flesh, Despised Icon, and as I said, Snipers of Babel. Can't get enough of that. So we're going to kick off the first block before I get into anything. And it's one of those new Sniper to Battle tracks. It's called Another World. It's fucking badass. Check it out. (laughs) 
Urban Jambo from Carve Lives, and you're listening to the Heart of Chaos, only on Metal Tavern Radio. Alright, DJ New is back with you. Hordes of Chaos, Metal Tavern Radio Podcast. That's some Esquire there with Everlasting Wanderers. So, couple of trailers to get to. Uh, first one, if you have not seen it, uh, Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, the teaser trailer got released. The first Wonder Woman wasn't too bad. Um, as you know, I've talked about it before, DC has had a hard time keeping me as interested as opposed to Marvel. Uh, some of that is just because of the continuality of the characters or the storylines. Like they're just they're constantly re- rebooting their shit. Um, they just haven't really thought out a lot of things and they haven't really executed as well as I thought they would. Um, Wonder Woman, though, the first one was actually a step in the right way. Uh, I didn't like the ending so much. I just, I had a hard time with, uh, I think it's David Thewlis playing Ares and I don't know, I just, yeah, it was just crazy. Um, however, the new one apparently, uh, has her come into conflict with a couple of new foes, Maxwell Lord and Cheetah. Now, with the name Cheetah, like, I don't know too much of the comics. Like I said, I, I grew up watching the TV show Wonder Woman. I don't remember remember a lot about it at the time. It's, just, it's been so long, but uh, I'm not familiar with those foes, so I mean, probably for you that are more into the comics, you probably know exactly who they are. One thing I did notice is that Chris Pine, who was kind of like Wonder Woman's love interest in the first one has somehow made it back into the second movie, so I don't know how they're going to pull that off unless it's like one of those Captain America things, but either way, uh, the movie looks decent. I, I, I'm still kind of lukewarm on it currently until I see more, but uh, certainly uh, something that uh, I want to check out. Uh, the second one I saw I'm a lot more excited for is the new Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, Obviously, I was not a big fan of the reboot they did in 16, just for any number of reasons. Just a lot of trash there with that. But uh, this one does have the return of Bill Murray and Danny Aykroyd as Peter Venkman and Raymond Stantz. Um, but it also has Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things. And I just find that name hilarious. I never knew his real name. That's that's It's almost like a porn name. It's really good. Uh... But he's in this. He's actually kind of making his way in the movies. He's in another movie. I forget the name at the moment. But it's a horror movie I talked about a while back. Uh, so he's kind of making his way into the big films now, which is nice to see. Uh, I know Bobby Millie Brown has done that as well with the Godzilla and all that other stuff. So that's kind of cool. Uh, so Ghostbusters 3, you know, from what I can tell, uh Finn Wolfhard and another character are kind of like kids who Finn's character, his dad was one of the Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters, I'm not sure which one um, but you know, obviously they start discovering that there's supernatural things going on and of course he discovers that his dad was a Ghostbuster and that it was real, all that shit that happened in the 80s and it's like a continuation of uh, Ghostbusters 2 so that's kind of cool. I don't know how it's all going to play out, but it looks very, very interesting. They've got the old car and everything else coming back, so I'm digging it. Really digging it. All right. 
Let's jump back into the fray. New stuff from Blacksmith Legacy, the title track, Blacksmith Legacy.
Hey there, this is Hugo Flores from Factory of Dreams and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Enjoy the music. Alright, DJ New is back with you. Metal Tavern Radio Podcast. Got some Chris Cornell news here for you. Um, obviously, he's gone from us but apparently there's some trouble with his his widow where I guess the band had been releasing unreleased tracks and getting royalties from those tracks but she wasn't seeing any of the money and apparently according to her anyway uh, the way that Chris set it up was is that you know he was the the writer of those tracks and that he should be getting the royalties or she should be getting them now that he's gone and so there's like this big battle now between her and the rest of the band to get the money that she feels like she owes so kind of it's always disappointing to see shit like that come out after you know someone like Chris passed away and whatnot but sucks ass that that shit happens hopefully they get it sorted out the right way without everyone being so angry at each other about it. Thought that'd be interesting news to pass along to you. Gonna jump into another block here. New stuff from here from a band called Necropanther. It's called Renew.
Patrick from the Canadian Fresh Metal band Reanimator, and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Back with you, Hordes of Chaos, DJ Nubis, your host. Alright, so, got one bit of a sort of TV series news here for you. Uh, I never saw the first season of Miracle Workers with Daniel Radcliffe. I heard it was really good. Um, they're working on a second season in which the characters all are in the Dark Ages. And from what I could tell from the teaser trailer... Uh, Radcliffe is playing like a, a king or a young king, and he's kind of going back in time for each time that he's killed. <laughs> it just looks funny as shit at how they how they've done the the trailer and everything. But from what they're saying is, it centers upon a group of medieval villagers trying to stay positive in an age of extreme income inequality, poor health care, and widespread ignorance. So. It looks pretty fucking funny. It's got Steve Buscemi, I guess, who plays God and who played God in the first series. Uh, but it's, like I said, there, there are two different types of series. One, the first one is like more modern day stuff. This one's going back in time a bit. So it just kind of looks funny because you see in the trailer, Radcliffe's character is like making bad decisions that gets him killed or he gets killed by accident. And it's just it's like not learning his lesson or whatever, but... Don't know everything about it yet. I want to check it out. Looks so hilarious, though. All right. Enough of that. We're going to get into rock, our rock block here. Got some in artists, a little bit of folk in there. Uh, Scum Giant, June 1974. New stuff from them. Gary Newman and some other stuff as well. We're going to kick it off, though, with some Eloy. New stuff from them called Joy.
life in the fast lane? Do you have the need for speed? Well, if you're a racing fan and want to be part of a winning team, then contact Carmichael Racing. Carmichael Racing is currently looking for sponsors for the upcoming champion flat card season. You can be a part of a long tradition of racing as Paul and Rhea L. race to the finish line in Mardella Speedway at Diamond Head Arena in Gillsburg, PA, March 13th through the 15th, 2020. They will also be racing at Hunterstown Speedway and Capital City Speedway in Ashland, Virginia. Racing runs deep in the blood at Carmichael Racing, and they are looking to gain sponsors for a new upcoming season. If interested, you can contact them at 443-202-3016. That's 443-202-3016. You can also find them on Facebook at SRChamp36. Carmichael Racing. Together you can soar as the engines roar.
Monroe Black from Salem's Lot. You're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Gary Newman closing out our rock lock this week. Interesting thing about Gary Newman, like I'm going to go back in history a little bit, is that growing up in the 70s and 80s, I started to get like a huge love for initially classic rock of the 70s. So, I mean, I was, you know, listening to Blue Oyster Cold, Zeppelin, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, I got into a little bit of the stuff like sticks and then as the 80s came along you know obviously the hair rock played a factor but at the same time uh i got into like 80s pop a lot because you know between the glam rock and the pop stuff that was always constantly on mtv that kind of like shaped my musical taste in a sense uh for whatever reason, 80s pop kind of stuck with me. And, of course, one of the tracks that I really liked was Newman's Cars. And it was kind of funny because years later, I was sitting there saying to myself, you know, probably around 96 or 97, I said, you know, Cars would be really cool if a metal band did a cover of it. And, of course, you know, a year later, Fear Factory, one of the bands I was really into, actually did a cover with Gary Newman involved with that song. So I was incredibly fucking happy about that. I thought it was amazing. Uh, a lot of people didn't really care for it, um, but I thought it was great. I just loved it. I loved the fact that they they even attempted it. So, But as far as, like, you know, keeping track of Gary Newman, like... Really, I didn't really pay that much attention to his career, like, beyond the, the single cars. Like, it just, you know, I, I enjoyed 80s pop, but I wasn't, like, so into it. Like, I had to, like, follow everything that was going through with it. So, you know, now, like, I've kind of gone back and looked at some of his, uh, pre you know, listened to some of his previous material. Uh, the last couple of days, and there's a lot of great stuff in there. It's not stuff that's going to blow your mind. It's just your 80s, standard 80s pop stuff, which is good. I can sit and chill that shit all day of the week. But it wasn't until about 99 or 2000 when I was still buying those heavy metal mags like, you know, Terrorizer, Metal Maniacs, and Pit, and all that. And I think at the time, Terrorizer or Kerrang, one of those two, they were doling out, like, compilation cds with the magazine so like i'd buy them and then you know i'd get a chance to check out whatever bands they were showcasing and surprisingly when i saw newman's name on there i was like well this is gonna be interesting uh not really expecting what i had heard it was a song called rip off of uh the album pure and immediately i fell in love with it it had that whole dark and sort of like nine inch nails vibe about it uh, the industrial gothic and whatnot, so I, I was really into it. So I ended up checking out the rest of that record and really loving Pure. And, you know, I followed him since then, you know, with Jagged and Splinter and all the other albums that he put out, like the one you just heard the song Haunted come from, the album Jagged. So, but last night I had a chance to check out a documentary on him uh, called Gary Newman, Android and La La Land. 
Uh, at first, I didn't even realize that he was English, so he's from the UK. So I didn't even really realize that initially, but the documentary is very enlightening about Newman, not just a musical artist, but as a human being. And like, as I was watching this, I was getting very emotional in a sense that some of the issues that he faced as an individual or stuff that I had faced, he apparently he has Asperger's syndrome. I don't have that, obviously, but. I've had other issues and just some of the behaviors that he's had I can relate with like he he was a very much a, a loner for a while early on in his career like the I don't know I don't know if the attention that was paid to him because of the popularity at the time affected him as much but I'm sure it played its part but he was just very much an isolationist and you know he had do an album and apparently according to him you know at the time early on he'd be living with his parents and he could have five bedroom house but he would uh, put himself into one particular room and basically like he painted all black and spend all his time in there like it's he would just to him it was like a safe place for him to get away from everything that he was trying to avoid. Now, I don't know the things that really affected him, per se, and I don't know much about the syndrome that he had, but just to his behaviors, like, I grew up, you know, I mean, obviously, I've hung with people, and, you know, I can get along with people, but I do have social anxiety, and that's something that he has as well. Like, if I get into a group of metal fans at a, a concert, I'm fine. Like, that, to me, is my element. You know, that to me is people that not even then, most of the friends that I know that, you know, that I've met through the internet or otherwise will tell you I'm kind of a quiet guy most of the time. I don't really talk a whole lot, but just depending on the subject matter. But, yeah, I, I get uncomfortable in rooms of people that I don't know or I don't feel like that I'm a part of. Now, you could say that happens to a lot of people, but for me it really is. Like, I'm just... I'm almost, I'm almost alienated when that happens, so it's it's very weird for me, and my wife knows this very well. Uh, it's hard to drag me out to things because I just, you know, I don't, unless it's something that really fucking interests me, it's just not something I'm willing to do. But for Gary, it was a lot more serious, obviously, and it affected just his normal behavior in everyday life, but... You know, of course, he would dive into his music and creating it, and he put out a shit ton of stuff in the 80s that I just didn't even realize beyond the pleasure principle, which is what Cars came off of. So, uh, and then, of course, when he, I guess, he revamped his sound with Pure um, to a little more edgy, somewhat harder rock industrial version of himself always transforming himself in his music and it, it comes out very well but I did not realize that when he this 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 documentary takes place basically around the album Splinter which is actually a couple albums ago but when Splinter got released it was the first time since that Pleasure Principle album that he had actually broken into the top 20 uh, charts I didn't even realize that that's crazy to me and some of the criticisms he took was that 
the previous stuff, even if you count Pure and Jagged and all that, they said that it wasn't very original. Well, nothing really is anymore, but I love those records, by the way, and I thought that it's it's very uh, short-sighted of anybody to sell him short on that, so I'm surprised that it took till getting Splinter out when he, and this is this is all going hand-in-hand hand with him to moving from the UK to his, to LA. So this is sort of part of it. Like, he had a falling out with his parents, and he kind of felt like at this point, you know, he's married, he has three kids, that he moved to L.A., and he was trying to basically revamp his career in terms of getting himself out there, and I guess it worked. I mean, he did a lot of radio shows to promote Splinter, and, you know, they were really pushing the album, he was doing in-store signings. I mean, I don't know how it all worked when he was in the UK with the other records, but apparently whatever he did for S Splinter paid off. Um, now, the other interesting fact that I wanted to get to about Newman and, you know, the issues he faced as a, an individual was he referenced his wife, who actually ended up being his biggest fan, which is kind of funny. She was his biggest fan early in the years, and... Constantly showed up at shows, you know, and they didn't really talk all that much early on, but sooner or later they got to know each other much better. And, you know, he had said that, you know, all through that time and now throughout all the years is that his wife has been his buffer, basically enabling him to relax more and to socialize a little more. And I, I got to thinking, you know, like, in some ways, Neko is the same way with me. Like, it, she is the more talkative one, the more bouncy one, uh, the more supportive one. And it, it's very interesting that how just in personalities, myself and Newman kind of reflect mirror-like and with our wives and everything else. I don't have children, which for different reasons, but... Uh, he looks like he has three beautiful kids, three beautiful daughters. They're very young, and, you know, they're all happy and whatnot. And pretty smart whips there. Uh, but it's just, I find it fascinating that, you know, I'm not the only one that has someone in our life that can be that outlet or be that person that bridges you between your isolation and the rest of the world and I don't think I've ever had it as bad as he did because I never really locked myself in a dark room but I certainly understand the whole idea behind just being socially awkward and all that so if you have not seen it it's getting a lot it has a lot of great uh reviews and ratings on Rotten Tomatoes, so I'm happy about that. It's actually got a lot of positive feedback, so it's called Gary Newman, Android in La La Land. Uh, it's actually fantastic. I watched it on Amazon Prime, so that's, if you have that, go check it out. It's free there. And now we're going to get back into the metals, and we're going to kick it off some brand new Ragnarok, Sanctimonious. Here we go.
Zelba with the bandy thorn. You're listening to the Hordes of Chaos only on Metal Tavern Radio. Pump it. DJ Nibbles, back with you at the Hordes of Chaos, Metal Town Radio Podcast. Got a couple more bits of news and a silver screen for you. Uh, first is, I recently read on this a couple things. Uh, one, sounds like it's a big possibility about Kill Bill 3 happening. Um, I'd forgotten that Tarantino had basically said that uh, he was only going to do like 10 movies or something, but um, apparently he was interviewed or talked to, and he's seems to be warming up more to doing a Kill Bill, Kill Bill 3, which initially I guess he was not really considering all that much, but he says that even if it happens, it's probably not going to be until about three years away until he works out the kind of details and script that he wants to have with it. But... I like the first two, so if he does a third, and I, from what I understand, it will include Uma Thurman, so that would be pretty fucking cool. I uh, recently did get a chance to check out uh, Once Upon a Hollywood recently, and uh, not a bad film. Um, I, the funny thing with Tarantino, though, is he has, he's like hit or miss with me, and some people really love The Glorious Bastards. I didn't really care for that one too much. Um, I do like The Hateful Eight. Um, obviously, I love Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs, but he's always hit or miss with me. And, I mean, once upon a time in Hollywood, it's getting like a lot of nods for Oscars and stuff. I mean, it's good. It's well acted. Uh, Pitt, um, DiCaprio, and, of course, uh, Margot Robbie are all excellent in it. Um, my issue with this movie is kind of like the same with The Irishman, like, they're both well made and the the acting is really good but they're too long in a sense and there's just some very like slow scenes like it, it's some people think it's there to build up stuff I just I think I don't I don't agree I don't think you really need it but uh, the last 20 minutes of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is fantastic I love the way that Tarantino ended that film and that it's my preferred version of the events that happened, but, uh, you know, you can't go back and change the past, but, uh, if you haven't checked it out, definitely do so, it's, it's a pretty decent flick, and it's cool, and Pitt's, like, wonderful, and I really, I really like his character. Um, the other thing I wanted to get to was, apparently, uh, Dune is gonna be remade as well, and I'm trying to see if I can figure out, Dennis Villeneuve, I guess is going to be the one that's going to be uh, directing a new reboot on that. And it's actually, I think the original one I saw in A's is like a made-for-TV series of like a two-night thing. Uh, this, I think, is going to be straight to the theater. So what I also understand is that apparently the director is going to stay closer to the material source of the book. I, I, I never read the book, so... Uh, I'm not sure how different it is compared to the first uh, original movie that they made. But um, it's supposed to be darker, brutal, scary, uh, a little visceral. So I find that very intriguing. Because um, really, on a lot of levels, the original 
Yeah, I was by about 15 or 16, I think, when I saw it. So at that time, some of that stuff was kind of eerie just in general. But um, if they're going to make it even more dark and, you know, messed up, then that's pretty fucking wild. It's also going to have, like, the original had a bunch of big names back then. And this new one seems to be having the same kind of thing. So you've got... You know, Dave Batista, Stellan Skarsgård, uh, Josh Brolin, Javier Bardem, Zendaya, Jason Momoa, and much more. So there, there's a lot of big names attached to this. So it's going to be pretty fucking interesting. I'm, I'm ready for it. All right. Getting back to the music. Brand new Flesh Crawl into the Catacombs of Flesh.
Victorify from Victoria, BC. You're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Stay thrashing.
Alright, piercing immortality broken down. DJ Nubis back with your Melton Radio Podcast. Getting ready to close out this bitch. Hope you all enjoyed the tracks I played for you today. Got a lot of good stuff in there. Some interesting topics. And I'm going to leave you with one more track, and that's that other Snipers of Babel I promised. Opened up the show with another world. Going to close this one out with Fallacy. Many thanks to the labels, promotional sites that provided some tracks today. I will give you some love when I post this on the podcast site. And of course, many thanks to Snipers of Babel for, and Layla, of course, for throwing me the couple tracks to play for you all. And as I said, here we go. Snipers of Babel, Fallacy. Check it out. To know yourself is to know God. To know yourself is to know God. To know yourself is to know God.